Hello and welcome to LSH Talks, a podcast hosting important conversations within the commercial property network. In this episode, I will be discussing the UK commercial property investment market with Head of Research Oliver DeSotoy and CEO Ezra Nahome. This episode follows the release of LSH's latest UK investment transactions report for quarter three of 2021. Thank you both for joining me on today's podcast. So I can see total volume in quarter three hit 13.5 billion, which is close to the average level. Is that a decent showing for the summer period? It was respectable, yes. I mean, the summer quarter is quite often the quietest in any given year. So to be 2% above average in the current circumstances is positive. But Q3 owed a lot to one major deal. Blackstone's 1.7 billion acquisition of the Asda portfolio was by distance the UK's largest ever industrial transaction. Yeah, I mean, this deal and Scape's billion student accommodation purchase from GCP definitely flattered the Q3 statistics. It's certainly been a Blackstone quarter, it's fair to say that. But I think really, on the average, we're about 10% below. Having said that, it's felt a pretty busy summer all round. So all, all in all, pretty active and a pretty decent quarter. Who were the real movers and shakers in quarter three? Was there any shift from earlier on in the year? Q3 was actually a bit of a departure from recent quarters. Overseas investors remain net buyers of UK property in typical fashion, although volume of 6.2 billion there was a touch below average. But tellingly, domestic buyers made a bigger impression in Q3. Domestic volume hit a two-year high in Q3. This included a near record 2.9 billion of purchases from private prop codes, boosted by Scape's 1 billion PBSA portfolio buy. Aside from volumes, the upward shift in average pricing was a notable feature of quarter three. The all-property transaction yield fell half a point to 5.14%. That's right, and you have to go back 14 years, back to 2007 and pre-credit crunch since we last saw an average yield that low for a quarter. And what do you think is driving this, Ezra? Well, I think this does reflect price rises. We all know that the industrial sector is and continues to be on a phenomenal role. Prices paid are reflecting increasing records for the sector. And of course, now more recently, retail warehousing pricing has definitely rebounded as investors continue to sense and spot further value. But also, this very low average yield is also about flight to quality and aversion to risk. The pandemic has, without doubt, created uncertainty over the long-term evolution of both retail and offices. And for the time being, investors are very cautious towards secondary assets. With clear headwinds starting to affect the economy, how do you see the end of the year playing out for the market? Well, rising inflation and talk of interest rate hikes certainly have the potential to impact on sentiment. But I think investors will largely take all this in their stride. Despite the spike in gilt yields recently, the spread between average yields and bonds is around four percentage points. So there's plenty of wriggle room in an historic context. I mean, I'd agree with that, Ollie, and, and I'd say that I'm pretty confident we'll have the biggest quarter of the year for volumes in Q4. There is still a huge weight of global capital looking uh, for secure investment, and as final quarters often tend to be, Q4 should be a should be a pretty good one. But I think one direct impact on the market from the current headwinds is construction. Bill cost inflation is running high, and and this may start to hamper development activity. I think the longer term prognosis on costs is for that trend to correct and and normalise. But certainly for the moment, those seeking to add value through refurbishment, as an example, may find themselves increasingly frustrated over the coming months. The report cites that we're in the early stages of a new cycle. Can you explain the reasons you've given for this? While the shock of 2020 was hardly conventional, 
coming from a health crisis rather than anything financial. I think it's fair to say we are in the early part of a new cycle. True, we haven't seen the market distress that would normally follow a crisis, but the pandemic will come to be regarded as a line in the sand, where emerging themes from the last cycle and new drivers of performance will come to the fore. I mean, yes, I mean, Ollie, I, I'd, I'd agree with that. I think this is uh, this is new cycle territory. Polarisation we've seen in performance between the sectors will ease off moving forward. And, and in this cycle, performance within the sectors will be where the real divergence is seen. I think this is certainly true for offices. Those that tick all the boxes will inevitably do well. Uh, I referenced earlier this kind of flight to quality. Uh, but those that don't, I think, you know, could continue to struggle. COP26 is underway right now in Glasgow, an environment is very high on the agenda. What do you think this could mean for the property investment going forward? I think it could be huge, frankly. I feel this will be a key determining factor of performance within the sectors that Ezra mentioned for this new cycle we're embarking on. Those buildings that can demonstrate strong environmental or ESG traits will attract demand and drive rental growth. At the same time, investors are themselves increasingly committing to invest sustainably so direction of travels seems fairly assured now. Yeah, and I think really just just to add to that, Ollie, that there is no doubt that one of the biggest topics on the lips of investors is understanding ESG policies of developers and the front end investors, for which I think without doubt the office sector is probably the most interesting one here. That there is without a question a huge opportunity for new investors to retrofit buildings that are much more efficient, uh, both environmentally and with better design. Uh, and, and also to make sure that it's more aligned to post-pandemic working practices. But again, I think the word of caution here, which may well be short term, which is that with construction costs running high, uh, vendors unwilling to accept lower pricing, you may find that there is just going to be a bit of a stalemate between transacting in these sectors, um, simply because you've got this gap currently. To view the report in its entirety, please see the link in the description of this podcast or visit our LinkedIn to find out more.